On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks might be in the running to make a trade on draft night. Who can they get to help the Mavericks in the playoffs next year? And is Marjan Bochamp the guy the Mavs need to draft for the 26th pick? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way to help us grow is to comment anything below. Let us know at this point who do you think they should take? If you got a draft night trade you think the Mavs should make, let us know in the comments below. Comment anything, it helps us. All that. Joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com. The trade machine man, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I want to give a shout out to the guy who literally comments anything. anything. The word anything for like 50-something days in a row. Um, <laughs> we see you. We yeah, hear you. Appreciate you, guys. <laughs> Anybody that says, I'm here to, to place my comment, love it. <laughs> um Man, we're two weeks out from the draft today. It's wild. You're listening to this on Thursday, two weeks out from draft night, which is a lot of fun. It's kind of like this weird vibe that, you know, we're all watching the finals, or for the most part, the majority of us are watching the finals. <laughs> but man, like, you know, 28 other fan bases have already moved on to the offseason and draft and free agency and all the fun speculation and everything. But we're really about to, you know, turn the page completely. Game three just finished. And, you know, there's what... I mean, at least two more games, you know, at least. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, three or four have a fun final series, but we're two weeks out from the draft. And then we can focus on the Dallas wings. What really matters in life. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, Let's go through some, some draft night trades. The Mavericks this year will have their number 26 pick. They will have some hopefully tradable contracts because of the Christoph Porzingis trade. The whole reason why Nico Harrison said that he made the trade. Now there's a bunch of reasons why, but the word that was mentioned so many times besides seat at the table <laughs> that was mentioned about, about the Mavericks was flexibility. How many times did Nico Harrison say flexibility after that Christoph Porzingis trade? Now what's flexibility for? I thought we were playing a drinking game for <laughs> Isaac was seat at the table and flexibility and all the fun uh, <laughs> off season words we like. But no, the the flexibility gives you flexibility. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, That's you know, the at, analysis at, you turned to Lockdown Mavs for. Exactly. At the draft. And it's like, all right, what do you want to do at the draft? Do you just want to stay put? This is Nico's first draft pick. We've went over that. You stay put, take a guy, you get him on a rookie contract. You're already over the cap, so might as well get a guy in here that's going to be cheap. And hopefully it's a guy who can play in the rotation. Unlike, you know... I don't say um, that's kind of mean to say unlike Josh Green, but <laughs> but like you need at least one guy on this on one of these cheaper scale contracts like that to be a part of the rotation. But which way do you want to go in the draft? Do you want to entertain trading the draft pick to get a straight up like big? Do you want could you get a Yaka Pirtle straight up for the draft pick? Do you want to move back? Do you try to move forward? Do you try to accomplish both? Do you try to like shed some money and you know, lower the cap bill at the, at the deadline or at the, you know, on draft night, there's just so many different directions you could go when it comes to trades. 
So what direction do you want to start? We're going to talk about fake trades for the foreseeable future here in, on the pod. But do you want to talk about trading up or do you want to talk about trading back? Good morning, Isaac. Good morning, Jason. Let's go up. Let's get up. Good morning, Good morning Isaac. Isaac. Let's let's get up. <laughs> okay. So let me just start off real quick with, I think this is one of my favorite trades and it's going to be ironic because it's funny that we talked about Kobe White the other day. Mm. And in, in the sense of, you're like, you threw Kobe White's name out there and you straight turned up. turned it down right away. <laughs> yeah, straight up for 26. But let's talk about it from a different angle and say, all right, what if Chicago says, we want to make sure that we're not going to be a, a luxury tax team next year? And what if they look at it and say, all right, we're about to pay Zach Levine and he's going to make like $30 million at least. Yeah. And let's say he does go back to Chicago. Well then, how much how much money do they have under under their books right now? If they you add up thirty million dollars to Chicago, that's going to put them at one thirty. They're projecting the cap to be around one twenty two. So it's like you know what? What's a way that they could look at it and say, is there a way that we could shed like eight or nine million on draft night if we know we're going to bring back Levine around that number? We don't want to be in the luxury tax. Is there a way we can shed that money and still get a first round pick? Well, here comes Dallas calling saying, hey. We have the 26th pick. You have the 18th pick. We'll take on the $8 million of Kobe White if we move up to 18. Which is going to cost the Mavs a ton, right? Because they're already in the tax. tax, And it's going to cost them a whole lot. And they're doing this, and they're doing this before re-signing Jalen Brunson. So it's like, you know, there's all kinds of the order of operations again here matters a lot. Yeah. So so if you're Dallas, why you would do something like this is you look at it and say, all right. What well, buys us a year with Kobe White? Let's see what happens. You add him to the the bench backcourt of Kobe White, Dinwiddie, bring him off the bench as another guard, another guy who can handle the ball, and say, hey, let's just see what happens next year. But also, you're moving up eight picks. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, you're moving up eight picks. So then at that point, are you in the range for one of these guys that we've already talked about? Do you try to secure an EJ Liddell? Are you in that range of... I love Tari Eason, but like this yeah. Eason fall, does one of the bigs potentially fall to 18? I, I don't know, but obviously you move up eight spots and take on Kobe White. Well, and you get Kobe, Kobe White, which is like Kobe a, White would go into the exception. I'll say it would be it would be an off the bench scorer, a guy that, you know, Mavs could bring along a little bit, but I don't know. Is that you're getting Tim Hardaway back next year? You have Dinwiddie off the bench. Do the Mavs do the Mavs need that type of guy? And does Kobe White have enough upside? Like, what's the upside of Kobe White if it works? Like a comp or something? I mean, I guess. Just what, just what do you, gives, no, just what do you see his role as with the Mavericks? Are you, are you ready for this? It gives you flexibility. Hey. And, but, but honestly, it, it kind of does in the sense of, hey, wh- what if you go out in, you know, a week later at the beginning of free agency and then you're like, all right, now it's time to make a three for one trade. And now you're looking at bodies and it's like, all right, well, what if Dinwiddie has to be in that deal, that three for one trade? And it's like, all right, well, now we have a guy kind of like can come off the bench can do a bigger, some microwave scoring off the bench a, a little bit yeah not not to Dinwiddie's level of that but he's young I'm just saying it's something like that of like hey what are some ways that's that's a smaller type of move that a reason or how they could po- possibly move up now if you who are you thinking with the the 18th pick then because if they're moving from 26 to 18 what's the difference in player that, you, that you're seeing well I think some of these wings that we're talking about I mean Spoiler alert here, but coming up next week is our, well, I'm not really spoiling anything. No, it's a future tease. Let's go. Yeah. Well, future (laughs) tease next week is, you know, we've had, we've, is the first round completely done? 
I think it's completely different for the locked on. Oh, the, locked the, on the ultimate draft. mock draft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we we finished the ultimate mock draft for the for locked on. So that's coming up next week. It was a lot of fun. If you've been listening to this pod, we we've done it for the past gosh year year on year. This is, this is year five. We we you and I started twenty seventeen was the first one they did. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. We act like general managers. There's a lot of wheeling and dealing and you know debating and everything. And you know we actually made a trade. Shocking. We make a Again, trade every year. I think it's five years in a row. <laughs> we we made a trade and traded some players and actually moved up a little bit. But in that mock draft, a lot of these wings that I really like went off the board where I think they could go off the board in the teens. They went off the board there at the late lottery and, you know, before the 20th pick somewhere through there, it's like, Oh my gosh, like here's all these guys just going off the board. So if you, if you do, if you're Dallas and you do really like one of these wings and EJ Liddell, a, you know, any of these guys we're talking like, if you like one of the G league guys, if you want to try to secure that spot, then I, you, you know, try to do a deal like this. Yeah. It's interesting. So trading up, getting a different guy, bringing in a Kobe white, Trade exception pick. It's interesting. You got you have to find a team that that wants something and kind of wants something that makes them a little worse, right? Like, like, hey, mm. we're we're willing to give up this, or well, you, you have to find some of these teams that make decisions for things other than basketball, which is why some of the Kings trades over the years, you've looked at them and been like, woof, that's a trade that didn't work out for them. You look at even like, I guess even like that Hawks trade with the, with the Mavs for Luca, like they're like, hey, we want the the two guys instead of just the one guy. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, we got the best player in the deal, so still a win, still a win for sure. Uh, okay, for let, sure. let's talk. Let's talk about a bigger one real quick. What if Charlotte's saying, "Hey, we d- we really don't want to pay two more two more years of Gordon Hayward. He's thirty million dollars, thirty one after that." Yeah, Charlotte has the thirteenth pick and the fifteenth overall pick because they got the Pelicans pick there at fifteen. Yep. So they have these two picks right there in the middle of the first round. And what if Dallas like, hey, I really want to move up to 15. To get and, Mark Williams. <laughs> yeah, to try to get Mark Williams, which Charlotte probably takes him at 13. But it, let's just say he's still there at 15. And they call and say, all right, Tim Hardaway, Dwight Powell, 26 for Hayward and 15. And it's like, you're, if, you're, if you're Charlotte, you're saying, all right, Hayward's been kind of injured. He's been hurt. We could swap him out for a microwave score, Tim Hardaway. He can play off LaMelo some. He could also come off the bench. We get another big man in our rotation that's a good rim roller. He can play with LaMelo. LaMelo will throw him lobs and Dwight. And we've already taken the 13th overall pick, so we already got our lottery pick. So now we're, mo- we're, do- we're swapping those guys out to move from 15 to 26. And if you're Dallas, you're saying, hey, Tim didn't play last year. Now we're kind of swapping him out, and obviously Dwight too, with another guy who can come off the bench or start what, however, when he's healthy in a Gordon Hayward get some buckets, but you're also moving up to 15 and you could get Mark Williams maybe too. It's not perfect, but I'm just saying we're just throwing things out. Interesting. Interesting. Coming up, let's get into why would the Mavs do that? Why would the Hornets do that in this kind of trade? We'll talk about all that coming up, but before we do, let me tell you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's impossible for the chain dealership, all those kind of different places to carry all the parts that you could need. So go to rockauto.com, spend 30%, 50%, even sometimes 100% less on the same part that you could get at one of those stores, and they're going to have to order it for you anyway. So you might as well just order it from rockauto.com. Cut out the middleman. Cut out the middle middleman, right? Because that's what these dealerships and roadside stores can be. 
Uh, they have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris, we've been talking about draft night trades. Talking about Kobe White. Now we're talking about one with Gordon Hayward. Give us the trade again. It's, it's Gordon Hayward plus 15 plus. Yeah, Gordon Gordon Hayward 15 for Tim Dwight and 26. So if you're Dallas, obviously you take the money, take the risk on, take on the money and take the risk of Gordon Hayward. Obviously when he's healthy, it gives you another playmaker score, but you get to move up to 15, potentially get a Mark Williams, a Jeremy Sohan. Um, what, however you want to say, you know, Whoever, you know, if you have another target up there, you want to get a 15. That wing it, from Arizona, Benedict Matherin, that that guy is is interesting to me. Yeah, so and and if you're Charlotte, I don't think I don't think Charlotte, you know, does this, but if you're Charlotte, what's the reason behind it? Is hey, you swap out Hayward for Tim Hardaway. Tim, you know, well, I was gonna say the injury history, but you know, you get another well, guy. Tim in was healthy before this past year with the you know freak injury kind of deal. So yeah, and, I mean they're looking for another you know big man. Dwight gives them a rim roller with Lamelo. They've already had a pick, two picks before that, at thirteen. So move back from fifteen, to, you know twenty six to swap out those guys. So not perfect. I don't think Charlotte does it, but I mean, could you could you lump in a three way deal of this and say, hey Atlanta, hop into this and let's just get funky and wild and. I'm about to really confuse you and blow your brain up real quick. <laughs> okay, blow it. Atlanta. Atlanta gets Gordon Hayward, <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr., the 26th pick, and Charlotte's 13th pick. Whoa. The Hornets get Gallinari, Dwight Powell, and the first-round pick, 16th overall from Atlanta. So they moved down one spot. They moved well. No, they moved they down, down thirteen to fifth to sixteen. So now they would have fifteen and sixteen, but they get off the long term money of Hayward. And then is that a big deal for them? He's he's only thirty million this upcoming year and thirty one the year after that. I don't know if it's that big of a deal to them, but it could be. I mean, for a guy who didn't play a ton last year, he has sixty more million. And but. and if they get off his money, then all of a sudden they could have a ton of money in free agency. Well, and they have a ton of money next year, like the. Like well, I, yeah, I'm also kind of factoring in them paying Miles Bridges, which I mean, they could let him walk, but no, they won't do that. anyway. Um, if you're Dallas, could you walk away with this with Clint Capella and then somebody else from Atlanta, mm. like a Kevin, Kevin Herter? Um, oh, I don't think I don't think both of those. I think you get, I think you get one. well, I mean, yeah, Bogdanovich or something. You'd have to do some money stuff. Anyway, I was just playing around with that. That one's a half baked idea. Interesting. Give Can me, I give you a smaller one? Give me another one. Give me, a, I'll give you a smaller one. You tell me if Dallas would do this or not. I'm sure the YouTube comments are lo loving this right now, saying this is y'all are dumb. Um, because anytime you throw out fake trades, you know people love them. I love when the comments say one side's like, "Oh, Dallas would never do that," and the other side's like, "The Hawks would never do that." You're like, okay. Well. My favorite is when wild trades ha actually happen in the league, and then if you think about it, you're like, dude, if this was posted as a trade machine screenshot, <laughs> it would never people, happen. People would roast this so bad. <laughs> Um, well, they okay, do, is, and that's why they they float out some of these trades with Shams and Woj and stuff. And the owner, I guess they're like they're like, oh, let's let's see how this trade works. Lies on that. <laughs> hmm. um, would you do this? Who says no? Basically, Stephen Adams in twenty two for Tim Hardaway in twenty six. 
Oh, I think the I think the easily I think easily the Grizzlies say no to that because Adam's such a big part of their their identity. Okay. Twenty two is a better asset than twenty six. Adams is also like he's an expire he's gonna be expiring, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's the appeal from Dallas' side. I, I think it's more of money side on Dallas' side than it is the player because yeah. I mean I feel like at times Adams, you know, wasn't even seeing the floor a ton because he gets played off of it. No. My only appeal from Dallas side is yeah, it's the the contract, but also if you wanted to add a guy that is a bigger body that can get some rebounds and all that and like, carry you through the regular season and then some matchups in the, the playoffs yeah it's like a you know part of the bullpen rotation and all that type of thing but i don't know i actually don't know who says no to that i'm kind of up in the air of i think the grizzly what if you just took away the picks take away the picks. i know right if it's just adams for tim Hardaway jr straight up like i think dallas says no okay so but the the mavs getting four slots higher in the draft would make the mavs do it i think so yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, I think it would entice them yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. Than. They still might not do it because they could look at it and say, really, we're going to give up Tim, who we needed in the playoffs, especially at the end, his scoring. And just for a guy who probably might not play in the playoffs. Yeah. Each side could value their play, would probably value their player more. In yeah. So uh, let me give you some, uh, a boring, a couple boring ones if they wanted to move back. Okay. Um, if they want to move back, some simple ones, real quick. OKC in Orlando. If they wanted to move back and say, "Hey, you two guys, come up and get a higher a higher pick, and then we'll take we'll take two guys." Okay, like Orlando, so literally can't take all the all the players that they would have to take into the draft if they drafted everybody. So, yeah. So you look at you look at OKC. OKC has the thirtieth overall pick because they have Phoenix's pick. They also have the thirty fourth pick. Yep. So what if they said, "Hey, thirty and thirty four to move up to twenty six to maybe get a guy that they like really you know a lot right there." Same thing for Orlando. Orlando has 32nd overall pick. They have the 35th overall pick. Would you rather swap out 26 for two picks there in the 30s? It's less money on your salary cap. Yep. And if you're Dallas, if the appeal of it also is, hey, well, we're going to be over the cap. So this gives us two guys that can come in and potentially try to make our roster. And if you have plans to make it like a three-for-one trade type of thing, it's like, hey, we're going to need bodies anyway. So you're taking swings at that point in the 30s, but – you're also a franchise who, you know, took a swung, you know, a swing at uh, Jalen Brunson in the 30s. Anyway. So you're talking about taking 26, and with OKC you'd move down to 30 and 34, and then yeah. with Orlando you'd move down to 32 and 35. So obviously you'd rather do OKC because those are higher, little higher picks, both of them there. Um, yeah. But for either one of them, it's interesting because at that range, like it's just all kind of up in the air. Like, is there anybody that's there, there are guys like, I mean, Christian Coloco is mocked at 35 in some places. And we we've talked about and having him at 26, right? There's, there's yeah. got, there's guys there that the mask could get. And if you get two shots at it, maybe you get a better chance at, at you just have to have one of those guys. You can't do a 2020 draft where two, two yeah. of those guys turn out to not be playable for the maps. But if you yeah. can get one of those guys, that's a cost controlled guy like Jalen Brunson was, that could be really good for the maps and their cap and all that. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, another one is problem. With, problem with that would be roster spots, though. By the way, but yeah, you'd have to get rid sure. of Trey Burke and Sterling or do something like that. If you had some trades down the line, um, look at New Orleans too, though. So New Orleans has a 40, 41st pick. They also have a ton of money on their cap space. So for a team that when you're looking at all these teams, like top twelve, top fifteen teams in, in 
you know, projected cap next year or that it's already basically have the money on the books. Almost every single one of them are in the playoffs or made the playoffs this year. Yeah. New Orleans is like on the fringe because they made the you know playing tournament, but they're at 139 right now for Oof. that next season. So is there is there a deal there to where they said, hey, 41 and Larry Nance for 26? Pick 41 and Larry Nance for 26. I, I love Larry Nance. I've loved him since he was drafted uh, with, with the Lakers. I think that he is an incredible type player that the Mavs could add. And to add to that big man rotation would be a great add because he's a perfect like small ball five type guy. You saw him play small ball five against the the Suns in the in the playoffs. I'm down for that. What what's his what's his contract? He's got it's around nine million dollars. So if they if they just shed and him, he's, and he's an expiring too, which would be interesting. Yeah, and he's thirty. So, he's a little older than you expect. So he would go into the you know the exception. Dallas would you know move from twenty six to forty one. If you New Orleans, that takes you right under thirty, and then you're still you know you're playing around with the rest of the money. Then you're about oh, eight million away from getting under the luxury tax. But anyway, my my last one real quick. I know we're heading to the third break. Um, we talked about exception guys the other day, guys that we could you know you could trade for into that trade you know traded player exception. There's so many names that we could talk about. Say like, hey, just straight up for 26 player going to the exception, all this stuff. So I'm not going to like go through all the names again, but I am going to mention one, and it's one name that you mentioned the other day, kind of quick, and we kind of talked about it barely. But Jay Crowder for 26, mm. and this because look at where Phoenix is at money wise right now. They don't have a first round pick. They're right now they're at 128 for next season. We know how much Sarver loves to spend money. So it's the whole thing with Aiden right now. <laughs> but if they look at it and say, hey, we don't have a first round pick. Okay. We're also at 128. Do you call Dallas and say, hey, we'll give you Jay Crowder. If we if we trade Jay Crowder, which makes Jay makes $10 million. 1, yeah. So he'd fall into the exception. If we trade Jay Crowder straight up, bring nothing back. We're currently under under the you know salary cap there, so if you're Dallas, do you trade twenty six for Jay Crowder? Has a team ever traded with a team that just like embarrassed them so thoroughly that they had to issue a statement the next day on social media? Like, <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> That's just I don't know about I don't know about trading role players like that for the for that pick, especially role players on a, on expiring. That's so interesting. That's such a risk and a gamble because yeah, you you love with that twenty six pick, you get that cost controlled asset, but it's also a risk because you don't know if that player is going to work out. So. I don't know that one. I mean, we're about to talk about Marjan Bochamp and it's like, all right, we could bring this guy in. He's going to be under contract for the next four years at least. And, but it's probably going to take some time or you're like, no, we're, we're going for the finals right now. And you bring in Jay Crowder, who's going to be a part of your rotation. And now you have Jay Crowder, Dorian Finney Smith, Reggie Bullock. I don't know. I can see both ways on it. That said, Coming up, let's get into Marjan Bochamp. He is a real interesting wing. Could he be the type of physical wing, seeing how physical Boston has been in these finals? Could he be that physical type wing the Mavs need? We'll talk about him and more coming up. Before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar, Isaac Harris. Built Bar is an incredible protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. They have the regular bars that are just chewy enough that they're good, just flavorful enough that you'll love them, and they have less sugar than a normal Candy bar for sure. They have more protein than a normal protein bar. You can go check out the puffs that have marshmallow in the middle of them. Delicious. The brownie batter puffs, they're still available. I can't believe it. I'm going to have to re-up and get some more here soon because they're absolutely delicious. 
Brownie batter puff is my favorite. Churro puff is good as well. They have a new ca caramel brownie that I haven't tried yet that I'm interested in. And they have granola bars too. So go check them all out. It's built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your entire order. That's LOCKED, the number one, the number five. LOCKED15 at built.com. All right, Isaac Harris, thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Lockdown NBA Big Board Podcast. Rafael Barlow is laying it down every single day with great stories, stuff from the draft. I was listening to an episode of the best like um, defenders in the draft, and Rafael Barlow shared their story about Draymond with these like these summer workouts and these summer runs that he was able to, to sit and watch. And Draymond took like this group of four dudes that aren't in the NBA and went against five guys that are all in the NBA, and he beat them like thoroughly beat, like thoroughly beat that Ooh. team. He's sharing stories like that all the time. So go check out Lockdown NBA Big Board. All right, let's talk about Marjan Bochamp, the six-six guard from the G League Ignite this past year. 196 pounds, seven-foot wingspan. He was he measured in at six-six and a half. So some some sites say six-seven. They'll round it up. Um, some of our European listeners always get frustrated when I don't round up numbers, so I'll round it up six. He's six seven, seven foot wingspan. He's going to be twenty years old at the time of the draft. Was at the G League Ignite this this past year. The one sentence descriptor from him: a physical wing with the ingredients to be a high level role player, but he needs to improve as a shooter. A couple of his strengths here: he's a slasher. He can attack closeouts. He can get into the lane. He can finish at the rim. He's got a ton of upside as like a real smart, intelligent player cuts, always looking for chances to, you know, hustle on offense, but the, he's got more up, upside as a multi-positional defender, just a guy that can defend so many different ways. These wings we keep talking about, right? The, would you trade a first round pick for like a Jay Crowder? This is a guy that fits sort of that role. Really long wingspan. He's just can guard a bunch of different guys. He's a tone setter who plays hard regardless of the score. A lot of those, um, a lot of those points came from the ringer. They have an incredible draft guide. Uh, and some of them came from from Rafael Barlow, draft junkies as well. Weaknesses: He's not a good three point shooter. <laughs> he's not. He's got to add that to his game. At least he wasn't at at, at the G League. Um, he's turnover prone, and he played at four high schools. He went to a community college, then he went to the G League Ignite. He's just kind of been all over the place, so it's hard to get a read on him. I I actually so man, I, his background is one of my favorite stories of this draft, mm. and this is one of the biggest things I did back. I did um, just just checking his story because I saw that I saw that one line. It's like four high schools. What's the story behind that? So yeah. give me like a minute and a half here to give you this story because it's actually really cool. So he was the 47th overall recruit in his, in his draft class. I'm like, why is he 47 freaking overall in his draft class in ESPN? Like, this is crazy two years ago. So Cade Cunningham's class, not this recent class with Chet and all those guys. I'm like, so he didn't go from high school straight to the ignite team. He had like a year off in between. I'm like, how did that work out? Because that just that doesn't happen. Tell you how it happens. So he's from he, he's from Seattle. He's from the Seattle area, and so he starts going to these different high schools because he wants to play with Brandon <laughs> Seattle. Did you know that? Did they, you know they used to have an uh, NBA team? You're about to laugh again because there's a Jamal Crawford type. Let's go. <laughs> um. So anyway, By the way, that's that's he, such an inside joke between me and Isaac. It would take too long to explain. Sorry. It would. Yeah. So. He starts bouncing around these high schools because he wants to play with Brandon Roy, play for Brandon Roy, who's a high school coach in Seattle. He goes, goes plays for him. Brandon Roy gets another job. So he follows him to another school. Then that doesn't. So then he goes to this private school. So basically he plays for these different high schools and then, then he's academically, academically ineligible 
to go to college. Okay. So Joe Varden wrote an incredible piece on the athletic about, about him. He's a clutch client and this whole thing. And so he wrote this whole, whole long thing. It's an incredible story. So coming out of high school, he's like the ignite passed on him to go to the G league. So he's like, what am I going to do? So there's this trainer in San Francisco called hell's trainer. And he's like, I want to train you. I want to use this gap year to train you, have coaches come in. We're going to put you in the best shape possible, get you really good. It's like he a Rocky his, thing or? <laughs> no, this it, is crazy. So he goes to San Francisco. He starts training, training with this Hell's Trainer guy. And they're just doing all body stuff. He's gaining, he puts on 20 pounds of muscle. But then COVID hits. And all the coaches that are supposed to come there and help him get better at basketball, they're not coming. And he and the guy and the trainer literally looks at him and says, Hey, I can't, I can't promise you this, this is all from Varden's piece. I can't promise you that you're gonna be in a gym anytime soon. So this is during his gap year, and he's not even playing basketball. He's just work, he's just working out. So now he's like, What the crap do I do? So he <laughs> so he moves back home to Seattle, start starts off on a scout team for this community school that he has family ties to and all this stuff. Eventually, the guy who has a family connection, the head coach, says, dude, just join the team. Like, get come on the team. He goes on the team. He averages over 30 and 10 in, in this community <laughs> community college, puts up a 50-point game. Then he's working out. He's Then he goes and plays a ball in one of Jamal Crawford's rec league teams, all this stuff, builds that connection. He work out, works out in Memphis. Jamal Crawford calls Rod Strickland, who's over the G League Ignite, and wow. says, hey, you gotta you got to see Marjan again. Like I know y'all said no before, but you got to see Marjan again in Memphis. Rod Strickland goes to Memphis, works him out, sees him and everything. And he's like, hey, I'm going to invite you to play for the Ignite team. So I say all that because it's such <laughs> a crazy, crazy story. Yeah. And he he talks about how he went to that rec league game to play for Jamal Crawford. And he rolled his ankle. It was that moment. He's like, dude, is this even going to be part of my future? Like COVID impacted everything. Just going around to different schools. Just in wild, crazy story. I also said to say, I think it's almost like a blank slate. Like yeah. if he played in one, in, in one school in high school, I don't think he's the 47th overall recruit in ESPN rankings. And it's like that impacted that, which impacted like his whole development. He's so athletic. He's so good at defense. He's such a good slasher. Like you said, in transition, his numbers are, are awesome. Defense. Awesome. It just all depends on a shot. How, how do you believe in his jump shot? His field goal percentage was really great. It's like 57%. Because he likes to drive. He likes to get into the paint. He's super yeah. athletic. It's just he attempted like two and a half threes a game, maybe three threes a game, and he didn't shoot at a high clip. Such a fascinating, such a fascinating prospect. Uh, yeah. And like you said, kind of a blank slate. It's really interesting to see what, what people think about him. Uh, Rafael Barlow on his big board had him at 23. The Ringer draft guide had him at 30. ESPN mocked him at 29. The Athletic had him at 26. So right to the maps, like right in that range right there for him. Um, what do you think is what's the ceiling floor, the comp? Like, where do you see Bochamp in the NBA? I it's so hard. Like, I started look, so he averaged over seven rebounds. So I was like, all right, who's a who's a wing slash guard? Six 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 seven. It's like you want to say Matisse Tybel, but like he doesn't have the ball handling, driving to the no. rim stuff. That, that's the thing. It's like who's a guy who can handle the ball, can get to the rim. He's a slasher, really athletic. Like he has some nasty alley oops. He rebounds really well, but he can't shoot. And it's just really hard to find those type of dudes. Like I'm sitting there looking at saying like great value miles bridges, but even like <laughs> bridges has got that, that pull up jumper. And like, it's, I know that's the thing. It's like, offensive player. Is it, is it safe to say that guys like this don't work out in the NBA? 
but it, it's, it's hard. It's also, right? it's like, well, we would also have to go back and look at some guys right now that are shooting well from three and saying, all right, did you not shoot good in college? Like one year? I mean, because is he Kawhi? Also, no, but coming like out, I wrote coming down, out of college, I wrote down DeJounte Murray and it's like, could that he be a DeJounte, DeJounte Murray type? But that's the thing. It's like, we're also banking on one year in the G league at night and that, Oh, he can't shoot. And it's like, okay, is that, is that like fair? Is it, I don't, the Kawhi one's kind of interesting to me because Kawhi turned himself into this incredible, you know, shooter and get his own shot kind of guy. But coming out, I mean, he wasn't, I mean, he won that finals MVP scoring like 13 points, like 13 points a game in the regular season. Um, And he developed that. So, so my question for you, like, the classic draft term of like hustle motor. He has all of that. He's so fun to watch. But my question to you is like, is he better than Josh green right now? Is that, is that going to be our question for all of these for any wing that, that comes up? Is he better than that's him right a, now? That's a question I'm asking. I mean, I'm down to take a swing on Bochamp for sure. I think it is a swing. I don't, I don't think you're taking Bochamp and you're like 100% confident saying, dude, he's going to be a star, but I think it's worth the swing. I, I'm down to swing on any of these type of wings. It's just, Right now, is he better than Josh Green? I, I don't know. They're what both did you super think about athletic. his shot, like the way that it looks? Because that, that I think matters with these guys a lot, especially the ones with the background that you're not really sure. About. He just didn't. It, he just didn't take a ton. Like in, like I was watching different clips of him and on synergy and stuff. Some of his spot up shots. He's obviously a little bit more comfortable with the spot ups, but I mean, he he is confident enough to take him off the dribble. But I don't know. It's just it gets really weird for me judging one guy you know, off of one season and saying, all right, you're a shooter or not a shooter, but it comes down to who you're willing to swing on. Like somebody tweeted at me today and said, Hey, where do you, where do you have Walker Kessler? I'm like, you know who I don't want to swing on probably is Walker Kessler. <laughs> it's like, I would much rather swing on a Marjan Bochamp and say, dude, I know you're going to work your butt off. I know you're going to play defense. You're going to hustle. You're going to you know, be in transition. Like you're going to all that. You can be We've playable seen- and like have moments, you know? Yeah, you like you're gonna like if Josh Green can play in the playoffs, something like you, you know he, he can probably find some minutes in the playoffs. And it's you and, know we've seen the 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 path Dorian Finney Smith started on of like hey he couldn't shoot a ton at the beginning yeah. and he's a pretty dang good shooter now. He, so why the Mavs should and shouldn't take him? If you you take him, you're betting on all the other attributes to outweigh the lack of a shot, and maybe you're more in on the shot than than somebody else is, and you think he can. He can knock down a couple. We just need him to be credible from the outside and everything else is going to work out. And you take him because look at that game three in the NBA finals. You have to have some physical, like big wings that can like be strong, can attack, can, uh, can guard m- multiple positions and all that. And he is one of those guys in guard that, and you don't take him because you think that the shot is, is too bad that all the other stuff won't yeah. work because you can't have, I mean, Matisse Tybel was like this defensive wing that everybody was was raving about couldn't shoot and then he just couldn't play in these last playoffs like there's just certain playoff matchups you can't play against you can't play guys that can't shoot and the Mavs even saw that you know against the Warriors and so that's why you don't take him is if you don't believe in the shot because I feel like any everything else can can work out and for him in the NBA it's that shot that matters so much and look at his story it's like this dude is a worker like this dude is determined to make the NBA and it's like went to all the different high schools, went to the, do this training thing. Then it was like, dude, played at a community college type of thing. And like, he's everywhere. And like yeah. Ignite told him no one year and he worked his butt off. And now he's, he played for Ignite this past year with Dyson Daniels and Hardy and those guys. And it's like, he, it, like, that's the type of stuff. Like, dude, he could have gave up 
you know, two years ago, but he didn't. And he wants to make the league. And I don't know. I'm down. I'm down for, I'm down for a swing on him. I I put him in that same category as a lot of these other wings right there. The Kendall Browns, the EJ Liddell's, you know, these guys that we're talking about, like I would, I would swing for Bochamp over Hardy. I like him more than Jaden Hardy. Yeah, it's interesting because you'd you'd rather bet on the skill set that that Bochamp has over the skill set that Hardy has. With like, you got to be so elite at what Hardy does to be good in the NBA, but to be what Bochamp is could be in the NBA, it's just that one skill that has to come around. Is that three point shooting? And if it does, and he's just solid, yeah. like thirty five percent, then all of a sudden you have a really really good wing on your hands. So I'm I'm so curious of like if you put a board bet on it and say who goes higher? Yeah, Hardy or Bochamp. Because they both play the perimeter, but they both excel at different things. Hardy is higher on boards right now, I think, than Bochamp. Yeah, and it, I mean, look at the backgrounds too. I mean, Hardy was number two in his class behind Chet, you know, in that draft class and everything. Had offers from all these schools and chose to go to Ignite. And it's it's just two totally different players, different backgrounds, different skill sets, but both played in G League. And it wouldn't shock me if Bochamp went higher than him because a really good team says, "Hey, you can come play for us in the playoffs right now." Compared to, oh, Hardy needs some time. I'm so fascinated to see what what Nico Harrison takes in this draft, right? Because I think we're gonna yeah. we're gonna try to come to so many conclusions about, oh, this is a, a Nico Harrison type player. This is a Jason Kidd type player that they picked, uh, and I'm yeah. not sure we can come to that. But he there, takes he takes Kessler just to throw everybody off. And we're like, <laughs> dude, really? He like, what is going on? <laughs> There you go. That's Marshawn Bochamp. Guys, let us know in the comments below. What do you think? Who do you think the Mavs should take in the draft? Let us know in the comments. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Boom!